All right. So I actually looked at the weather the other day and saw that it was sunny and warm in in London at least. Um, I didn't. I guess I didn't look at Portsmouth. But has it been all right for you? Yeah, this is this is what the British would call a heat wave today. Well, um, yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, the sun was out. It, it wasn't cold. Uh-huh. Um, I wouldn't call it hot. Um, but yeah, it was. It was kind of like an early heat wave. Like we were driving back from work, and there was no traffic because everybody's gone to the beach. Oh wow! For the evening, because um, obviously. You know, I live on the coast, so it's right. you know, five minutes away, but everybody has just gone down there. So there was like no traffic for me to get home at all. Oh, wow. Well, that's nice. I mean, yeah, it is early. Unlike here, where I woke up Monday morning for the second Monday in as many weeks uh, with snow on the ground, which oh. really sucks. Uh, it is freezing, freezing cold here. It's supposed to start turning next week, I think, or towards the, maybe this weekend, but it's been unusually cold the last two three weeks and it's not a lot of fun well at least you don't leave the house anymore no yeah that's You're true just in your basement now. i'm in a basement where it's really cold <laughs> <laughs> so i'm a little tired of that so uh, i've been working upstairs like a like a i don't know i'm no, no longer a, a cellar dweller yeah i think I, I can imagine it gets pretty cold down there so i don't blame you for going up to the the main part of the house yeah exactly so uh, i don't know i think it'll, i'll appreciate it in the summer when it finally eventually gets hot and muggy and gross and i'll just sit down here and be nice and cool but at the moment it's uh it's pretty unpleasant yeah i can imagine but uh so you, I think it was last episode you mentioned about the Spider-Man release date. I know. And it did I in fact sp- happen, maybe, was it two hours after we recorded? <laughs> it was. I sprung it on you because I had just seen some tweets about it right before we recorded, and then they announced it right after that. And it, I think it looks really good. What do you think? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I pre-ordered the, uh, the Collector's Ultimate Deluxe, whatever it's called, edition with the statue and everything, uh-huh. uh, pretty much as soon as they announced the release date. Um, not quite as early as in the year as I wanted, but you know, I'm willing to wait. I forget, was it September? Uh, yeah, September 7th, I think. Yeah, they're trying to get out before Red Dead, Red Dead Redemption, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, a, a lot of the games are coming out. I think like uh, the new Tomb Raider is coming out around September as well. Oh, right. Again, I assume because they want to beat Red Dead Redemption. <laughs> Yeah, I can imagine that's going to be, I mean, that's a very anticipated release. And plus, I think once you get to the October time frame, you've also got like Call of Duty, which there's a whole crew of people who are really into that game. Uh, have you tried, have you tried Far Cry 5? I have not yet, although we do have it at our house. Uh, no, I haven't tried it yet. Um, the guy sitting next to it at work, Wade, he um, he watches Twitch streams while he's working so I can see him watching these Twitch streams as somebody that he's been watching that's been playing Far Cry 5. So like every time I kind of look over, I, I end up watching it for, for a few seconds, and I'm like, oh, maybe I should buy it at some point. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like it's really fun. Um, I've heard, you know, it, it's not gotten good reviews for its storyline, but if you just want a lot of action and shoot em up action, it's supposed to be quite good. Yeah, there's some... Um, I mean, there's been... We also got the Spyro announcement since we last recorded as well, which is kind of kind of huge. Yeah, you're going to have to tell me about Spyro because that falls into this niche of 90s games that I just didn't really play video games for like a decade in the 90s for the most part. And so I don't I'm just not familiar with that game and I I wasn't at that time even when I was playing games, I wasn't playing I think that came out on PlayStation if I'm not 
mistaken yeah playstation one i th- i think all three of them were on playstation one okay so what, what's um, it all about yeah so it's you, you play a dragon um and it, it's, it's kind of like a platformy cartoony kind of game um kind of similar to the likes of like jack and daxter and, and ratchet and clank that kind of thing where it's you know it's kind of a bit over the top but it's essentially a platformer yeah um but yeah they're they're remastering all three of the games for playstation 4 xbox and i think switch as well oh all right that's yeah that's that's right it it definitely is on the switch i think and it it looks i mean i saw some side-by-side shots of similar scenes on twitter i think it was and it's it's really it's like they redid the whole game i guess it's it's uh amazingly more detailed and colorful Oh yeah, it, it kind of falls into the same category as what Crash Bandicoot was like. Mm-hmm. It might be the same game technically, but in reality, because they've had to rewrite everything from scratch, it might as well just be a new game at this point. Yeah, that I, I can see that. I mean, have you heard of a game called uh, Minute? I don't mean to totally change the. the uh, subject, no, I don't think I have. I think it's on. Well, it's on everything but the Switch. I don't think it's on the Switch. I think it's on. Um, PlayStation, Xbox, PC, and Mac, and it is, I I first heard about it on Remaster about a week ago, and it's a game where you die every minute, and it's a 16-bit black and white adventure game, kind of in the, in the vein of maybe an old Zelda game, and you, but the, the trick is you have, you get to checkpoints where even though you die after a minute, you respawn at that point, so you can advance in the game. And it's supposed to be a lot of fun and really well done. I just, I've been looking at it and I'm really, it looks like a game to me that would work well on an iPad. And I've been hoping that there'd be some announcement about them coming out on iOS. But, um, you know, I don't really like playing games on my Mac so much. So I, I've kind of held off, but I may have to check it out on, on PlayStation, I think. Yeah, now you've described it to me. I do remember listening to that episode of Remaster, but I didn't catch the, the actual name of the game. But yeah, it, it does sound really interesting. Yeah, yeah, it is pretty. It does look cool. So, all right, so it's coming out, and the, the uh, Spyro is coming out, and it's three. It's three in one, basically. It's all three in in a single release, and that's when's that one coming out? Uh, I think that's around September time as well. Right. I can't remember if they've actually released a date, but but again, because it's a, a remake of older games, um, the the price is is like slightly lower. Like I think it's in like thirty or thirty five pound, um, and obviously you're getting three games in that, so it's really good value as well. Oh yeah, that, well, that's I'll have to check that out. I mean, I I like those remaster games. I like uh, I'm enjoying still enjoying um, Burnout Paradise great game if you like crashing cars mm. it's a lot of fun so i've been playing that and i actually have been playing a ton of zelda the last couple of weeks uh, breath of the wild i, I simply mm-hmm. you know it's i was feeling a little burned out and stressed and i was like you know what i'm just gonna go wander around hyrule so i started playing on the big screen <laughs> instead part i guess partly handheld and partly big screen and just not even really doing much in the way of quests other than just walking around all over the place and doing stuff along the way it's a lot of fun yeah i still need to get back into it um you know i, I played a, a good few hours of it and then i just haven't got back to it yet but I, i'm sure i do it eventually yeah and it's it's really amazing how big that that uh the whole you know universe is i mean it just takes forever to get from one place to another i mean you can do you know you can do teleporting from one spot to another once you get to certain locations and you can get on a horse and there's a lot of other ways to kind of move more quickly but 
uh, you can just wander around on foot like I did, which is, I don't know, it's it's fun. I crossed a desert, went up into the snow, you know, lost all nice. my, lost all my weapons, had to go back to a Of village. course. You know, it's, <laughs> it can be, that can be a little frustrating when you get your, your butt kicked by a bunch of bad guys and have to go get new weapons. But uh, yeah, it's, it's, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's not news to anyone that Breath of the Wild is a lot of fun, but it's, uh, uh, it's it's one of those games that I think does well where you can go back to it and play it over and over and still have a lot of fun with it. Yeah, that's partly why I'm not in a rush to to get back to it because it, like you say, it doesn't really matter. I can still get jump in wherever I've left off and, right. and have fun and maybe do some mission, you know, some of the quests and stuff like that. But if not, I can just kind of run around and, and take a look at the game. What have you been playing since a lot of the stuff we talked about before is stuff that still isn't out? Yeah, I haven't actually played a lot. I think the last thing I played was Golf Story, and that was a couple of months ago now. Mm. Um, I, I, I've got a few bits on pre-order. So I've pre-ordered Spider-Man, yep. which is obviously coming That's coming out in September. I also pre-ordered Toad Treasure Tracker for the Switch, okay. um, which is the, the Wii U game that's now coming out on oh, the right. Switch. I've never um, seen that during the, uh, during the Nintendo Direct, although I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't remember. It, it wasn't super memorable for me. Yeah, I, to be honest, I, I'd i known about the game for a while because I'd kind of had my eye on getting a Wii U at some point when they kind of dropped in price secondhand. But, oh, right. you know, th- this was one of the games that, that I was kind of wanted to play, but now it's come to the Switch. Oh, okay. I kind of got one less reason to get a Wii U. Um, right. But, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a pretty good gear for the Switch so far, and, and there's probably more stuff coming because we've got Mario Tennis coming out, uh, Hyrule Warriors, Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze, plus Toad Treasure Tracker. Yep. Spyro coming out for the Switch. There's Octopath Traveler. Like mm-hmm. the Switch is is kind of really nailing it again for a second year. Yeah, they really are, and it's it. You know, it's a real healthy number of independent developers, game developers on the platform too, which is really nice to see. Because you know, sometimes there will be gaps between these big titles that come out on any system, and it's nice to have kind of these less expensive but still fun and and you know, shorter games that you can dip into every now and then. I know um, Golf World, I've heard a lot of good things from Mike Hurley, and I, I guess you like it a lot too, right? Uh, yeah, Golf Story. Oh, Golf Story, called. that's but, what it is. Golf Story. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Although I'm sure Golf World would be good as well. Oh, I right. called that. Um, but yeah, uh, Golf Story is it, it's kind of it's kind of like nice and relaxing, which I guess is what a lot of golf games are like. Yeah. Um, but, you know, there's a bit more kind of comedy, and, and a lot of what you're actually doing isn't playing golf, but you're doing like golf style activities you know you're, you're trying to hit like crocodiles in a lake with golf balls and and, and that kind of thing oh, so okay. you know it's a lot of fun and that's you know 10 15 dollars or something i think on the eShop. yeah i should check that one out the other you know the other thing is that you know even though things like mario tennis you would think that that's maybe oh that's kind of a secondary mario title it's not going to be that big a deal that looks like a really involved and interesting game to me there's a lot of different layers to it yeah, because there's there's like the main tennis angle to it, and they've like included like a the Wii style tennis where you can use the the Joy Cons to do motion tennis, and then you've got the story mode as well. Right. Um, I, I think, like you say, I think it's going to actually be a pretty big and, and involved game. Yeah, and probably more approachable for like a broader audience too, which would be good. I I also think it's it's interesting what Nintendo is doing and really smart that they're bringing a lot of these games that were they were good Wii U games but just not enough people bought Wii U's. I mean, we I didn't buy one and so, you know, like the Toad game and and a bunch of other things, it's just nice to have those things available on the um 
on the Switch now so that there's, you know, a decent number of people who can check them out and buy them. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, talking about what, obviously, I haven't been playing anything, but I think the next thing I'm going to play is uh, Life is Strange Before the Storm, okay. which I, I I picked that up. I did pre-order it. I just haven't got around to playing it yet. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I played Life is Strange maybe six months ago. I hadn't played it, like when it came out but yeah i'm probably going to jump into that next yeah no that that sounds like a good one i'm i'm still just kind of mostly you do playing the the big switch titles that i got a while ago other than paradise uh burnout paradise which uh, i play once in a while and, and enjoy but uh yeah i've been you know the Mar- doing mario kart and breath of the wild that sort of thing yeah, I think that's that's probably about it for for games. I don't, I can't think of anything else off the top of my head that's coming out. No, there's um, a bunch of iOS. I think iOS has kind of gotten interesting because we know now we have console games showing up there like uh, Fortnite and PUBG and all that. And uh, I don't know. I think it's interesting times in mobile games, but it's a different market altogether still. And I think those games like Fortnite and PUBG or those games on mobile are more built as companions for the actual main game than anything else that you know the experience of playing them on mobile isn't great although i think PUBG's controls seem a little bit better than fortnite overall so yeah they, they definitely kind of exist to i guess a lot of these games are kind of addictive to the you know the people that play them a lot right um so like if you can at least play like a game on your lunch break or something i guess it you know, and I assume I assume they're making money somehow. Is there like in-app purchases or yeah? There's you know like that on these games. Yeah, right. It's usually the loot type stuff. You know, you get skins and other things. Is how they make the money. Sure. So of course, this will just continue to drive demand for that, which is fine. I mean, the, the reason I, I view them as companion apps mainly is because there's very little that you can. There's not a there's not an easy entryway into them on mobile. I think it's a little easier to get into the games on the console where you can where you've got a little more uh, inroads into like tutorial land and figuring out exactly how it works as opposed to on mobile where you just kind of dumped into the, the full experience <laughs> with and trying to poke at all sorts of controls on the screen, which are a little bit more involved than your standard iOS or Android mobile game. Yeah, definitely. So, Rob, one other thing I thought we would talk about at least briefly is travel apps because travel apps have been on my mind a little bit lately and – there are a million different travel apps, but I've been booking some flights and things lately. And one app that has stood out for me, and I think, I'm hoping I'm not talking about an app that's U.S. only, but I don't think it is because I think my son, who's in Ireland, used it to book from Ireland. Um, but you can it's called Hopper, and what it does is it looks at all the major airlines and it has a record of kind of what the price patterns are for those flights to different places and so it gives it just basically gives you advice as to when you should buy and when you shouldn't it'll tell you historically this flight will continue to drop in price until this date and then it'll start rising again so it kind of gives you it's no guarantee but it gives you an idea of when you should actually pull the trigger and buy and it's i've been impressed with it i've saved several hundred dollars um, for things like you know san jose tickets to san jose for wwc waiting longer than i thought was wise but then finding that the price went down because what you you know you can do is you set up these trackers and then you get notifications and when when it happens when a, sometimes what you know an airline will do is only put a handful of seats 
on a dis at a discounted price. So you go on and you have to buy really quickly because there might be, you know, you might have three people traveling and there are six seats left. Um, but it's uh, it's worked really well. Have you ever used anything like that? Uh, not not for travel, but I do use. Um, there's a service called Camel Camel Camel, um, which is a Amazon price tracking app. Oh, right. Um, and it, and it sounds very similar in terms of functionality to this in that it will show you kind of historical data for, you know, a specific product. So they've got a little, you know, they've got a Chrome extension and Safari extension. Sure. So you go to an Amazon page for, you know, I don't know, Far Cry 5, for example, um, and I can go on there, I can click the Chrome extension, and it will tell me uh, what the cheapest price has ever been, you know, what it started at, what it currently is at, and you can kind of set alerts and say, right, tell me when it drops below this price. Mm-hmm. Um, and I use that quite a bit, especially for games, because you know a game comes out and within six months it's lost like fifty percent of its its you know retail price. Right. Um, you know, so I'll generally I'll set up alerts and just say just tell me when this drops by ten pound or fifteen pound, and then I'll buy it then. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it, it certainly sounds like it's kind of doing the same same sort of thing. You know, it can keep track of everything, and as you say, sometimes you feel like maybe you're waiting too long, but then. The data generally doesn't lie either. Right. Yeah, no, it works really well. And what Hopper just started doing is they started doing it for hotels. They At first, it was just New York City, but now I think they've got – and these, this part of it is U.S. only, I think. They've got six or seven cities in the U.S. where they track hotel prices, like big cities like New York and Chicago and L.A., things like that. Uh, and I haven't had an opportunity to try that yet because I just haven't gone to any of the cities that they cover yet. But, uh, yeah, it's uh, – I don't know. It's a good way to do it, especially if, as uh, you know, I was doing. My son's coming with me to WWC. One of my one of my kids. So, you know, buying multiple plane tickets just doubles and triples the price very quickly. So, uh, it's nice to have something to save you a little bit of money along the way. Yeah, it definitely looks interesting. It is available uh, in the UK as well, at least. Okay. Um, I can I can see it on the App Store now. I think so. Um, but yeah, it's um. Was there anything else we wanted to talk about this week? Or? I will give you another surprise, I think. Maybe you already know this, but did you know that they have international shipping now for a bunch of Amazon products in the U.S. Amazon store? Uh, I had seen something about this, but I've never found a product that I needed well, to do international shipping yeah, on. It, I, I don't know. I mean, if that's something that anybody who's listening maybe has thought about doing in the past because there's something that was available in the U.S. store that you couldn't get somewhere else... They are doing, I think they, I think I read 25 million products or something. It's, I mean, there's always been international shipping is something that's been available, but it's been pretty limited, I think, in terms of the range of products. And now it's a much bigger, bigger uh, set of them that are available. So that's kind of good. I mean, I don't know. I, I, um, I've got a, a Amazon UK account too. So I I use that once in a while, but it gets it's a pain in the butt to have all these different accounts. I don't, I assume that this just means you can. I haven't looked into the details myself, but I assume this means you can order it from your home country Amazon account in the the few countries that Amazon actually uh, exists in. It, it always surprises me and shocks me how few places Amazon actually operates. But oh yeah, it's 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 really not as many as you'd assume. No, it's it's significant <laughs> chunks of Europe are not covered by Amazon. I know. Um, yeah, but, uh, but yeah, it's, there's more, there's, I guess a little bit more flexibility there now in terms of doing international shipments. So worth checking out, I guess. Yeah. 
yeah, I was just having a look at it actually, and it's, it's called Amazon Global Store is uh, is what they're calling it. And one of the interesting things is they cover the customs and import fees as well, which is something that I always get screwed with. Yeah, you know, if if I order T-shirts from like Cotton Bureau is a good example, yeah. just because they're because <laughs> you know once it gets over like fifteen dollars, yeah. Um, that's when we start getting charged when it comes into the UK. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, you know, so any any T-shirt that I order, I end up paying an extra like twelve pound or something. The, the, um, threshold, the threshold is so low. Oh yeah, it, it, you don't have it's, to. Spend it's infuriating. Much. Yeah, you don't have to. You don't have to spend much. I mean, I know. I I just remember when I sent the HomePod to Federico. It was like, you know, you're going to spend almost as much in in shipping oh, yeah. and customs as the HomePod costs, right? You're okay with that, right? <laughs> Because it was super expensive to send that from Chicago. Yeah, and it's, it's the annoying thing is it's kind of hit and miss as well. Yeah. Because I've had a few T-shirts. You know, I'm just using Cotton Bureau as an example. Like this is absolutely no fault of theirs. Right. Um. You know, but I've had a few T-shirts from them, but I don't always pay the customs fees. Like a, there's just no fees sometimes. Huh. Um. So I don't. I don't know what's going on when the parcels come in, but it feels like it's just at random. Well, they um, are. I. I think that they have standardized their international shipping in some way, and I'm not sure. Maybe this doesn't go to the customs part of it. Maybe this is just the shipping aspect of it. But I do know that it's not quite as expensive for them in particular as it used to be. Yeah. So the, my most recent one that I got, um, that came through. That actually came from, I think, France oh. or maybe the Netherlands. But it had actually come from the US, then to the Netherlands, and then to me. Mm-hmm. So I still had to pay the customs fees on it, oh, okay. um, which is, you know, it's kind of frustrating, but it's fine. Um, you know, it's not the end of the world. Um, you know, and I know this going in. I know I just I just accommodate that into the price. Yeah. But um, t shirts, t- but yeah, kind of. <laughs> I know a lot about this world because I've been researching it. <laughs> <laughs> and it's and there's there are no good solutions i can tell you for doing t-shirts and having them available worldwide no definitely not um you know but amazon covering all this kind of stuff like especially amazon because i trust them to deal with it more than anyone else like if yeah. they're saying there'll be no fees we'll deal with it all this is the price that you we charge you is the price you pay like that's fantastic yep. um as i say i have seen this on the uk site but i've not had occasion to order anything from the u.s yet but you know it's nice to know that it's there yeah it's just you know the, i'm sure there are some things that might come up at some point but uh yeah it was i thought it was kind of interesting too all right well i, hmm. I, I think that's probably it for today i don't think we have anything else to talk about do we uh no i don't think we do all right well good talk to you rob cool and uh we'll be back in a couple of weeks sounds good